Welcome to the Connector Podcast, an ongoing conversation connecting fintechs, banks, and regulators worldwide. Join CEO and founder Cohen van der Hoydonk as you learn more about the latest available trends and solutions in the markets. Welcome to another Connector Podcast episode. And today I've got two guests with me, Amit and Monish, both working for Praxis Digital. Guys, can you explain us a little bit where you're from and what you do? Okay, sure. My name's Amit Gandhi. I'm the founder of Praxis Digital. Uh, so we're a digital transformation consultancy with a specialization in data science, AI, and machine learning. Mm-hmm. What about you, Monish? I was previously in, in the AI and machine learning space for quite a long time. So, yeah, just we are just starting off with uh, some new stuff in the AI and machine learning space now. Oh, great. Great. And, and I mean, new stuff always sounds exciting, but are you able to share us some examples of machine learning and AI that, that you're working on and that potentially have been also like transformational for the business? Yes. So we, we've been in this space for about five years. So my colleague, Chris, um, so he heads up our, like our machine learning AI space in terms of building machine ML tools and algorithms to solve mm-hmm. business, business problems, mainly for the banking and fintech side. So yeah, Manisha's come on on board recently to to yeah to to um as they offer a new service around sort of machine learning ops. So in terms of the sort of case studies that we've been involved with, mm-hmm. um, one of them was like a use case would be to take hundreds of thousands of invoices for a fintech and then put and they build a ML tool to predict when those invoices are going to be paid. So that really wow. helps with mm-hmm. the sort of budgeting and forecasting, um, yeah, for, for the for the client. Um, other use cases of taking huge amounts of um, Im- satellite image data for an uh, African bank and also a yeah uh, uh, for also for the UN in term, uh, where we've taken yeah huge amounts of satellite data also added climate data and other different <clears throat> different data sets and then made and then fed that into a front end system where they can mitigate their risk they can understand the risk and understand what's mm-hmm. going on in the in the land that they own so. Yeah, that's just a couple of examples. of. It strikes me, and obviously no surprise, if you talk machine learning and AI, then you almost immediately talk about data-driven operations. When you talk about data, you need to get resources. So how does that work? How how can you help the customers to build the resources? Or how does that work in practice? There are two ways to um, do the data you know, data resources and other things. Most of the machine, uh, most of the machine learning applications require huge amount of data, especially for the deep learning scenarios. Mm-hmm. But uh, modern day solutions uh, is not about more or less about data because uh, it's it's sometimes easier to find the data, especially if we are dealing with large organization more or less. But the problem is to maintain the data, versioning it. Mm-hmm. So you have a raw data now, you need to version it properly and you make some changes on the small piece of data and then you have to keep the track of all the data over a long period of time. That's the really challenging part. Another way now, because of generative AI, uh, we also have the the idea to provide solutions in terms of data set generators. From taking a small chunk of data, we can create a huge sum of large replicas of the similar type of data. Although it's a fake data, but it's good to test your model. It's good to have a real-life simulation from a large variety of data. So the more variance in the data is available, the more variety and more uh, you know uh, more capabilities we can create from different types of models and test it on the real market with the real data. 
So mm-hmm. we are does not necessarily dependent on data nowadays, thanks to generative AI. Yeah. Ah, so interesting. So if let me sort of repeat because I'm not a specialist, but what I'm hearing you say is that. Uh, you can create synthetic data that can actually be used to yep. teach the machine learning algorithms. I'll just give you an example of mm-hmm. it. Uh, it could be something like a data augmentation tool for image processing for that matter. You can't capture all the handwritings of every person in the world. True, true. But let's say you have experienced some of the handwritings. Uh, what you can do is you can have a small skewed syntax for that handwriting, maybe 50% of noise you will introduce, uh, not 50, I'm sorry, like maybe 2% of noise you will introduce, you will tilt the image a little bit, you will tilt it right to left. You can create multiple characters from that, you know, you can thinner the line, thicker the line, something like that. This is data augmentation, and this can be done in a much more rapid fa- fashion, uh, thanks to uh, the recent progress in the AI space. Mm-hmm. But so you can create multiple data like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you not the risk that you sort of, when whenever, when we talk about data and we talk about AI models, then sometimes we talk about bias. So what what's the risk by doing this that you create more bias in the models that you create? Yes, of course we do. But uh, the best part is the mathematics comes into the picture. So it depends on what type of data you are generating, uh, whether it's a normal distribution, whether you want to generate a certain type of skewed data, uh, you take always take an inference from the real life data, and uh, it, it is it is where the mathematics will give us the leverage of uh, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. finding the right data set and curate the right data set for the training of model. Yeah, because talking about AI, you you very often talk about AI for good, the more ethical yeah. and responsible part of AI. So, mm-hmm. wh- how do you look so, at that? What's your take on this? So my. It's my personal opinion. I mean, I don't know whether Amit will agree or not, or you will agree or not. But interesting, uh, my interesting experience is uh, data encryption has to be the number one priority that we need to see when we get we are getting the data. So, for example, if uh, another another very interesting part I feel is you should not enter into the territories of the industries where uh, data privacy protections are really high. Uh, for example, healthcare industries and something like that. Mm-hmm. But let's say, assume that you went there also, uh, the highest uh, probability to uh, to achieve the most uh, ethical practices in those data is to have a proper encryption. So you mm-hmm. will not have the similar bands available, but your model is trained on, on, a, on an encrypted data rather than the real world data. And only the end user know how to use that model. Uh, so... So this is this is the perfect scenario where the users can train their own models mm-hmm. and have their own personalized models according to their own data, and they have full control over it. Uh, that's that's my take on ethical AI at, at the moment, at least. Okay, so I mean, these are potential risks. Are there any like vulnerabilities that we need to take into account when we talk about AI? Uh, so, for example, if you train the model, if you train in a conventional fashion, there is a huge amount of risk without machine learning operations and other things. If you don't have a proper MLOps pipeline and other things set up, it's a huge problem, uh, especially for the large enterprises. It's not suggested at all. But let's assume that you have a good model and you have a good machine learning pipeline, like new data keeps on coming in and the model keeps on training itself. And then you have a proper metrics to check your results all the time. Uh, the biggest risk you will enter here is uh, model drifting, which means your mm-hmm. model will go outdated after a certain period of time. 
and uh, to mitigate that risk uh, the number one scenario we will say is uh, having a solution of model registries which are all the modern day machine learning operation tool provides so you have a registry of all the available models mm-hmm. and you can see their accuracies how many accuracies how model is working on a on maybe not exactly real time but yeah partially real time may way and finally you will you will choose whether you need to retrain your model or replace your model but you have the whole registries of model especially when you are using any pre trained model like llama 2 or something like that from from the chat gpt kind of a scenario mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this will come a really handy scenario so yeah what would you see um would be the most exciting developments and trends in the world of ai and i hope you're not going to say chat gpt of course not <laughs> <laughs> none of us uh, actually the most important trend that i'm seeing right now is people are moving towards more towards data engineering part than mm-hmm. than the than the machine learning uh, and other stuff uh, for example data engineering precisely means to me is uh, we are more more and more becoming more model agnostic and we are becoming more and more uh, generalized kind of a scenario that are happening not generative ai or generalized ai i'm not general intelligence i'm not talking about that i'm mm-hmm. precisely talking about uh it's it's more like the scenario is becoming uh we we are not over reliant on the particular type of data but we are more reliant on understanding the models even understanding deep learning model is a field of research that are really gearing itself up so i really want to know if somebody is working on that field and coming up with the solutions uh when they can understand the deep neural network it's it's insane we can we can have a very interesting scenarios so so that, this that, is what is happening mm-hmm. yeah. well on the other hand i don't want to necessarily avoid the question about chat gpt because i think there's a lot of things happening uh, but mm-hmm. on a more general level and we almost come to the end of this uh, podcast um What do you see as the effect of a ChatGPT on current financial institutions? There are there are a lot of things happening in this space. For example, now people are having personalized loan based on their financial histories. Let's say if I have an access to your uh, mobile SMSs from the banks uh, from your cell phone and if you allow me through your app, I know your financial status and then I can offer you loan when you need it, you know. this is this this data can be feed to chat gpt and ask the question right away with how much loan is ideal for it you know the chat gpt has a special uh, plugins people are developing on top of it another way is insurance mm-hmm. is also getting personalized uh, customer engagement is completely changing completely why is uh, that you don't need a uh, for example from the education sector if you ask me like one of the projects that i am working on personally was creating a lot of question banks for any exams once you feed chat gpt the type of questions it comes up with a new set of questions which is i don't know whether it's copyrighted or not but uh, yeah it's it's kind of cool you are not reliant on teachers now anymore for creating a question bank for similar type of questions or you can combine multiple questions chat gpt can do it for you you just need to feed it right type of data and train the model something like that so there's a huge impact on many industries including in particularly financial institution their hiring process their customer engagement process uh, their uh, their core business operations all three of them are definitely going to have some kind of impact by chat gpt in coming days for sure or already has come up we might not know it so yeah oh, brilliant and i would suggest that uh, if people want to know more about that they they should contact you right or one of you both so where can people find you 
So you can either contact myself first on amit.gandhi at praxis-digital.co.uk or my colleague who's head of ML and AI, and his name's Chris Darcy. So it's chris.darcy, D-A-R-C-Y, at praxis-digital.co.uk. Um, and yeah, he'll be more than will be more than happy to speak to you in more detail. Um, he has a PhD with, from the Alan Turing Institute, and we have a, a strong team uh, that that have graduated from there or already in already studying uh, lying of academics. All right, thank you very much. I thank you both for joining the podcast. Thank you so much, and also thank you to the audience for tuning in for some more innovation in our industry. Stay tuned. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Connector Podcast. To connect and keep up to date with all the latest, head over to www.jointheconnector.com or hit subscribe via your podcast streaming platform.